Mrs. Chan? No. <laughs> Go for it. I'll answer your questions, Rachel. I'm the nice mom here. <laughs> Thank you. God, Eleanor, I missed you. You you missed me, and now you're like, oh, maybe I didn't. <laughs> maybe I didn't after all. Push six. I forgot again. That's your fault. What what did no, I do? It's the champagne. Nope, it's Ellen's fault. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life books and champagne brought to you by amanda and ellen co-owners of your local independent bookstore dog-eared books in Ames, Iowa. first give me a cheers okay okay we're ready and books are sexy before we get into today's podcast yes i screwed up this episode was supposed to go out on the 18th of july we recorded it originally on the 15th so i've gone through and tried to make as many changes as possible but all these books are already out for you to enjoy and read so thanks for sticking with us and enjoy this one i went back to cyclone liquors after not having been champagne shopping for a while and i get really excited because um they know why i'm there now they're like, oh, are you here to prepare for your podcast? And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> and so there were a whole bunch of new bubbles available um, that I'm really excited to try over the next six weeks because we have six bottles and we've never had any of them before. Um, and the one we're drinking now that Rachel pulled out of the fridge for us has the prettiest label. You should take a picture before we empty this bottle. But um, it's called Ghoul by Gaspard, Gaspar, um, Boulle, B-U-L-L-E-S is French for bubbles. And um, I think the vineyard is called Jenny and Francois. It's imported to New York from France and it's a sparkling rosé. And it looks like it's- I love sparkling rosé. I think you're gonna love it. And it's just beautiful. I love the label. It's just, gorgeous it's like a watercolor picture of yellow bubbles and pink background so gorgeous label excited to try it we'll let you know what we think lately and i don't know if it's the summer heat or humidity i am an expert champagne opener but i have had some runaway corks like (laughs) crazy the other day rachel we were in the basement and oh my gosh it nearly took out the ceiling that happened at my house too um, and my little nieces were over, and I think they were, like, scared. It was crazy. It hit my ceiling. So we'll see how we do today. And then Austin, my husband, who doesn't drink champagne, like, is like, Amanda, you don't know what you're doing. Um, I'm like, eh, excuse me. I've opened a lot more of these than you. Beautiful. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Also, uh... Oh, I almost forgot to take it out of the freezer earlier. It would have been froze. Froze. It would have been explode. You know, it's funny when it does get freezy. I told you about my accidental champagne slushy. I left it in the freezer um, one summer. A slushy? It was. It was so good. And then I did all this research. They used to make champagne slushies. It was a thing in the 20s, but it required rotating the bottle in a bucket of like like how you make ice cream rock um salt and ice and rotating constantly and um i have never successfully been able to recreate it i've been able to get like a little bit of ice chips in it 
but I couldn't recreate it. So it's like this magical um, balance of, oops, I forgot it in the freezer for too long, but not so long that it got destroyed. And when I opened it that time, it was like a waterfall of expanding icy champagne. It just flowed out like lava nice. and it was delicious. You just have to find the right temp and the right time. Yeah. And I don't know why the interwebs does not have more search results for this. Also, when people have frosés, it's oftentimes the wine mixed with water. So it's not just taking the froze, the rosé and turning it into slushy. Yeah. It's a lot of additive, which is like diluting the alcohol. Yeah, come on. So um, we need to have a cheers. Welcome back, Ellen. Cheers, Rachel. We're, We're all so together again. We haven't been really been together for uh, like a month. Maybe even more. And actually about a month and then a half a week. Um, in case you were wondering what happens when Ellen's gone, um, things do kind of fall apart. Hey, I tried. Yeah. We had two weeks without podcast because we're not here, uh, with Ellen making sure we do our homework and our shit. But in our defense, the one podcast was on the 5th, which was the day after the 4th of July. Yep. And that was just a busy, hectic week. Mm -hmm. We were going to try and shoot for this most recent week, since today is Tuesday. Well, it's last Tuesday. But, again. It was crazy. Yeah. We don't operate just, without Ellen. We need her. <laughs> yeah. Ellen, you kind of are our rock. I totally peaced out, too. I was like, I'm not checking my emails. Don't call me. <laughs> Actually, for, like, three days, I didn't even have, like, a signal. When I was in the Black Hills, I couldn't get texts. I couldn't anything and that's really good for your soul so tell yeah. people what you've been up to um we took a family road trip to um the final destination was seattle mm -hmm. uh, we went out there for a family reunion um, but it was a little bit of adventure because the week before we left my husband tested positive for covid and so he isolated the kids and i were testing we were we kept coming negative but um we didn't quite feel comfortable with him coming along with us. Right. So the first week of the two-week trip, he stayed home. We quarantined at home, and then he flew to Washington and met us out there. Yeah. So we, I road tripped with the kids. My parents were there, too, in their car, so I, I they, they did get to help me. But we saw, you know, we did the Badlands, Black Hills, Wyoming, Montana. All on your own. Idaho. Solo mom. Solo mom in it. Mm -hmm. And my, my kids have never done a long road trip like this. I have three kids. 13, 9, and 6. And they did a great job. Um, it was a lot of fun. I saw orcas when I was in Washington. Mm -hmm. which was that like was a highlight. On my bucket list. Mm -hmm. so. And you hit a couple bookstores. I did. I um, I went to one in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho called Well Red Moose. Such a cool store. And in a really neat little shopping district. Um, and that was a store where the booksellers were really game to talk with me about books. And about book selling. Yeah. So I really enjoy talking with them. They have a beautiful store, really well curated, just nice people. So if you're ever in that area, you should definitely check it out. Um, I picked up a book there um, at their recommendation yes. called The Latecomer. Yes. And I'm like, I'm actually reading three books right now, which I never do. Three fiction books. And that's one of them. Uh, but it's so good. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you more about it later when we're talking more about, about what we're reading. reading. Yes. Okay. Um, and then when I was in Seattle, I visited Elliott Bay mm -hmm. on my birthday. It was the bookstore so that was open perfect. on my birthday. Um, 
that's such a cool store. Um, and I picked up Elsewhere, which you have read. I, yeah. I bought that there. And then I also bought a book called the, it's called The Revival or The Revivalist. And it was in their staff picks and one of their book club picks. And it was, uh, it's out in paperback, but it was not a, a novel I had heard of before. And right. It sounded really good. So, and they were, you know, pushing it. So I was like, oh, I'll buy this. Haven't started it yet. Um, and then I, I visited a used bookstore called Pelican Bay in um, Anacortes, Washington. And that is a really cool store. They've got like the high ladders, you know, that yeah. you can climb up and it's uh, really well organized. And it's like a movie set bookstore. Yeah, and the way they have their books, especially like in fiction organized, is like they have these little like chalkboard things that stick out the side that will tell you like the author. Cool. So you, it's alphabetized, but also like you can sort of zero in on. Someone you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who'd you go looking for? I, no one in particular. I was just, I just was browsing. Yeah. Um, I did buy a Spider-Man book for, yeah. my, for my son there. We were kind of, uh, I didn't unfortunately get to spend much time in Pelican Bay because I had like a half hour to kill between lunch and whale watching. And I was uh-huh. like, we're going to a bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what we did, but we didn't have much time. Um, and my husband backed into the car behind us, but Ew. it was okay. It didn't oh. cause too much damage. They didn't call us. So, um, oh my God. You know, anyway. I'm glad you got by. Okay. Yeah. And then on the way home, we uh, we drove down through Oregon, visited some friends in Salt Lake City, stayed with them one night. Um, and then we just kind of hightailed it back. I have so. a lot of admiration for you for taking your three children on a road trip across the country. Like, I don't have the courage to do that. My least favorite time with my children is the time <laughs> I spend with them when we're all in the car. Like, that is my Number one, one of the hardest things for me to do, and I'm talking like 15 minutes across town. Yeah, I want to well, die all, the whole time. We all kind of settled in. Okay. The last couple of days, we were pretty sick of each other. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was a, it was a good trip. When cool. I was growing up, you know, I grew up here in Iowa, but I didn't have an extended family here. Both my parents are from Arizona, so we would, I mean, we would road trip into Arizona at least once a year, most of my most of my life growing up. So, you know, I have a lot of memories of. Being in the car? Being in the car, you know, for like two days or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just just what we did. So We didn't. Like three hours to Okoboji was what I did when I was a kid. Yeah. And we had to, my mom, she's very like creative this way. Um, she figured out a way to take a, like a mini TV VCR combo and, you know, the right adaptations and plug it into the cigarette lighter. Oh my God. My mom did the same thing. I know. She <laughs> brought, I mean, I didn't know that, well, but aren't they great? Yeah. She would bring our whole TV mm-hmm. that, um, what, at one point we had one that had like a VHS player built yep. into yep. it. That's what we had. Um, and I don't remember how, but it was something with the cigarette lighter. Yeah. And that the one time we road tripped was like out to Colorado mm-hmm. and that was what we had too. Yeah. My mom, also a mom of yeah. four kids, knew she needed, this is before the time of devices because <laughs> we, they're ubiquitously known. But yeah, she would put that between the two, uh, the driver and the passenger seat, yeah. jerry-rig it in there. And then we'd watch our favorite movies like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Witches, um, True Beverly Hills, things like that on road trips. And then we would get there and we'd be so excited. <laughs> Um, all right, let's talk about what we're reading right now, and okay. then we'll kind of revisit um, all of our all of our conversations related today. I feel like, yeah, this is kind of like a catch up day. We gotta we have to catch up on everything we've read really since we last talked to each mm-hmm. other. We have to, yeah, what we're reading now. There's there's so many things to talk about. So what what are you? Should we talk about what we? Oh, we're gonna talk about vacation readings. 
We are going to eventually talk about summer slash vacation reading. So maybe let's talk about what we're currently reading, and then we can talk about maybe some vacation reading. I think one of the last times we were together, or when I was with Rachel while you were gone, um, I was excited about picking up The Bartender's Cure by Wesley Stratton. It's a new release in hardcover. And um, if you've ever been to our store, you might have discovered that we have a really awesome cocktail book collection because that's like one of my passion areas. Like I love craft cocktails. I love fresh cocktails. I love cocktail history. Girly Drinks is a great book that Rachel's read and I've enjoyed. Um, And so I was excited about this book because it's about a girl who, uh, or a young woman who becomes a bartender in between life phases. She's kind of, all I know is that she's had some kind of disastrous past, a recent past, you know, unsettling things happening. And she's contemplating what she's gonna do next. She thinks she's gonna go to law school, but she's gonna be in New York for like a year and a half um, before, you know, law school starts. And she has a little bit of experience as kind of like a, like a, a pub bartender but she has a connection to like a a cool cocktail lounge and that connection gets her a job there. So it's kind of about, are they going to take her on? Um, And what is she going to learn in the process? It reminds me of the book um, Sweet Bitter by Stephanie. Oh yeah. uh, Dandler. Dandler. Um, That was all about the service industry and what does it take to make it as like a waitress in New York? Uh, and what, what is it like? What's the culture like behind the scenes of like fine dining in New York? Loved it. That one was a little like, um, I don't know, depressing in a way. This, um, is a little bit more exciting. I hope, um, each chapter starts with a classic cocktail and the recipe. And then what happens in that chapter kind of relates to it. So I've read French 75, which is one of my favorite cocktails, which is made with a sparkling wine, lemon, um, wait, hold up. You like sparkling wine? (laughs) (laughs) Major, major spoiler alert. Uh, yes, I do. Um, and obviously that's why it's one of my favorites. It's so drinkable. Um, and what's funny is it has that little bit of girly drinks element to it in that the history of cocktails is brought in a bit. So, um, they get into whether is a French 75 made with gin or cognac. And what's funny is that when we go to our working lunches, sometimes we go down to Aunt Maud's here on Main Street and they make their French 75 with cognac. And I remember really enjoying it. It's so, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's some, but anyway, it's sparkling wine, uh, simple syrup, lemon, and then a liquor. And it's up for debate whether it's gin or cognac. And apparently it was named after a gun used in the, in World War One, and maybe Ernest Hemingway might've been a fan. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm not that far in. Um, I, life has been hectic and I also had to take a break from my ADHD medication, which affects my sustained reading. I've listened to some really good uh, books as well. I'm listening to this book called Fellowship Point about a 80 plus year old author of a famous children's book series, the Nan series. Um, of course it's fictional. And, um, we learned that she has also under a pen name, um, written one book a decade about a, um, 
group of women and kind of a gentrified neighborhood and it's very like feminist and progressive and has gotten lots of critical acclaim, but nobody's ever figured out it's her. Nobody knows who she is. And she's at a point in her life where um, she feels that her sanctuary, this this place in Maine called Fellowship Point, is under threat of being developed. And it's it's she's both trying to write her next book and worried about the fate of this area. And she's going to bring in her really good friend, Polly, who also lives out on Fellowship Point, to try and solve the issue. It reminds me of a little bit of the storytelling technique of The Shell Seekers by Rosamund Pilcher. A lot of people have read her. Um, it is a very classic um, story building approach to, you know, going to the past, mixing the past mm-hmm. and the present, many characters. Yeah. Um, I, I'm enjoying listening to it. I also gave it to my mom for her birthday on July 12th. I just thought it might be interesting to her. So Ellen, you've probably read, you keep saying, I read that, I read that, I read <laughs> that. You read a ton. How many books did you read while you were away? I finished five books. Okay. Which it's pretty good considering I don't do audio and I was single mom in it. Yeah, you were for, driving for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I did listen to some good murder podcasts, but that's a, that's a story for another time. Um, but what I'm reading right now, I'll, I'll piggyback off of Maine because one of the books I'm reading right now takes place in Maine. It's called The Mid Coast by Adam White, and I don't know how I how I stumbled across it, um, but it's it's really good. It's kind of a mystery. But it's a very different sort of structure and pace of your typical mystery. But the premise is it's Midcoast, Maine. And your main, um, the main character, Andrew, is an English teacher slash lacrosse coach. And he grew up on the Midcoast um, of a son of a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, his family was like pretty middle class, well off. But that area is pretty impoverished. Okay. So he went to private school, boarding school you know, left, lived in Boston for a long time, got married. He's a writer slash English teacher, but they're having kids and they're like, you know what? We can't really afford to, to do the city thing. Let's move back to Maine. Okay. So he's moved back to Maine with his wife and kids and he's teaching at the high school. And there's this couple in town, the Thatches, and they have two grown children. It's Ed and Steph Thatch are, are the couple. And Andrew knew Ed when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Ed's from a lobster fishing family. Okay. Um, a pretty poor family. And during the summers when Andrew was home from boarding school, he would work for the family. Oh, and interesting. Ed, who was his same age, was like tech, basically his boss. boss. Mm-hmm. And Steph, um, Andrew met briefly um, because her father owned like the local restaurant, whatever. Anyway, Ed and Steph got married. Ella. Did you have to wear jingly bracelets today? You yeah. probably got those on vacation. No, I didn't. They look really pretty. Thank you. I'll take them off. Okay, Rachel? Okay. Anyway. Continue. Ed and Steph um, got pregnant in high school, had a baby, got married, settled down, really poor, making ends meet. Okay. Um, and that's the last Andrew knew of them. And now he's moved back to town and they are wealthy and they are the most influential people in the town wow and he's kind of like how did that happen mm-hmm. you know like because he's still in the lobster business okay he's bought up a few properties is he a drug trafficker i don't know amanda that's where my mind goes i don't know okay don't reveal anything but um 
the story opens where Andrew is at a party at okay. their house, okay. present day, mm-hmm. and he's looking for Ed, and can't, and he finds a folder that's got some disturbing images in it, Ooh. and then, not sexual, and okay, then, man, and then shortly thereafter at the same party, the cops show up, and we know that the family is involved in some scandal, and it's this huge news story, and now Andrew is obsessed with it because of his connection to Ed and stuff yeah. and growing up in the area. And because he's so obsessed, he decides I'm going to write a book about it. So this story is him sort of trying to piece together how did they become this wealthy, yeah, this influential, and then sorting out the scandal. Which what actually we, happened. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. we get sort of bits and pieces. Sounds fun. It's really good. And you said you don't know how you discovered it. I think it came up on a list for me, like when I was reading like reviews and things. Okay. And so I was like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. Okay, what else are you reading? Um, I'm reading uh, The Latecomer, which I told you about. Yes. And my brother-in-law, that was the one. They were in town for Fourth of July, and he was like, have you heard of The Latecomer? It's so good. And the cover ha- is really cool. It's like a row of flowers, including a, one big red balloon. I don't know. Yeah, so it's the, the writing is so good. It's um, So the story is about this family. And so it's the, and it's like the family song, the, the generation. I didn't say balloon. It's a red bloom, a row Duh, of flowers. Rachel. Listen, she's got her headphones on. She's listening to us. So she should be able to hear it more clearly. We have been drinking, so I might not be enunciating. I know what you said. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's this family. So it's a story of the couple, um, and it's it's kind of takes turns focusing on each of the members of the family, but it's narrated. And you know, I love a family drama. It's a family drama. It was narrated by the latecomer, the youngest The sibling. youngest. My little sister, Lindsay. She's okay. eight and a half years after me. <laughs> so the story is uh, is of this, this marriage, and then they try for a lot of years to have kids and are not successful. So they do in vitro, and they have triplets. Oh, wow. And the triplets are never, never bond. To each other. To each other. Weird. Or really to the family. Okay. So the, the matriarch of the family is like really tries to like force it and it just never happens. Aww. She doesn't have the best husband hmm. and the, the triplets are, are leaving the nest. Okay. And she still has one embryo. Whoa. And in circumstances that I won't reveal at this time, she decides she's going to leverage some stuff against her husband to get yes. him to let her have this woman baby. It doesn't turn into a weird horror thing. Where... No, 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 okay. no, no, okay. no, no, it's a family drama. Okay. And so the, the late comer Phoebe arrives as the older three are leaving the home. Oh. And I'm so going to read she it. Would be the quadruplet. If they, had, if they had all them implanted, but at they're the same all time. fraternal. They're all fraternal. Oh. So they yeah. were, you know, all embryos created at the same time. Gotcha. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, it's the story of the family, and even though Phoebe is the narrator, we really don't know anything about Phoebe. Like, Amanda, this sounds like your jam. It, it is my jam. It is your jam. We don't know anything, but really about Phoebe yet, because she takes time focusing on each of the members of the family—the mom, the dad, and each of the triplets. Um, cool. It's so. It's really, really. Good. I'm gonna try and catch up. And then the last book I'm reading is called Cult Classic. Oh yeah, I've seen this, and one. it's got a great cover. Great cover. What is that face for? She's jealous. No. I hate Sloan Crossley. 
She is a good writer. I've never read anything by her before. Um, I've read all of her other books. I think her, I have not, but in this book, I will say that I find her writing to be super smart, super sharp, super witty. And the premise is, it sounds like a rom-com, but this is not a rom-com. Okay. Okay. So the premise is Lola is like late thirties, New York woman. She's engaged to this very nice architect who likes to do glass blowing in his free time. Okay. She's settling down into this life and um, she goes out to eat one night with some former colleagues. She used to work at a, at a magazine as an okay. assistant editor and it folded, you know, as magazines do. But uh-huh. she's maintained this friendship with the with the editor, Clive, and with her other writers. Okay. She goes out to eat with them, leaves for a little bit to go get a cigarette, and on her way back into the restaurant, she runs into one of her ex-boyfriends. Okay. And they strike up a conversation, and they end up hanging out for a while. And in this conversation, she realizes, oh, yeah, he's kind of like the douche I, I always knew he was. Yeah. So she, so she gets a little closure on that relationship. Yeah. Then the next day, she gets a call from a friend who's going to be in town. And it's like, hey, I want to go eat at this restaurant. My friend's the chef. It's the same restaurant that okay. Lola was at the night before. And she okay. doesn't really want to go, but she's like, whatever. So she goes to the restaurant. She runs into another ex-boyfriend. Same type of thing. So she starts running into all these ex-lovers and boyfriends and romantic interests. It's clearly not a coincidence. Okay. Like, what is happening? Okay. All I will say is that the title is a little literal. Okay. And that Clive, her former boss, and they had sort of this like sexual tension type of relationship, will they, won't they, but they never did. Okay. Is kind of involved. So the restaurant's a cult. The restaurant is not a cult. I'm not going to give anything away. There is a cult element. Element to this. Sorry, I'm being really sorry. <gasps> oh my God, it'd be so cool if it's a cult of her. It's not a cult of her. And I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I'm just right at the part where, like, the cult is coming into focus. Where and she... we're never going to be able to talk about it because that would reveal it to our listeners and they might not want to read it. But when when you finish it, I want to hear if you're satisfied or not. I wish yeah, and, and anybody I would... else but her had written this because it sounds interesting, but it's still, I just, uh, my brain is running crazy. Well, you should read it and tell me if it annoys you and then I'll make a pass a judgment on you accordingly because Wait, i find until you it read her essay collections i don't read she's well, i actually read some of her essays okay well she i don't know I've... related to this um i read um otessa Mokdashi. um i read her interview that she reported with brad pitt it was total clickbait he has um a condi- he he thinks oh, he has yeah. a face where or, mm-hmm. uh, an issue where he can't recognize faces, like and it was book. it was fascinating to read her writing about nonfiction versus how she writes fiction because she is wackadoodle in a good way. Yeah. So to read conversational, realistic writing was fascinating. So nonfiction versus fiction yeah, writing that's fair. can be that's different. That's a really fair yeah. point, and I, I just I've, I've not read her, her view. Her, her view and perspective on the world is like was overly privileged and mm-hmm. just in my opinion um uh not like out of date uh 
Out of touch? Out of touch, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Like, super out of touch. Yeah, I can't speak to that. I really yeah. know nothing about so, this author. So, that is a fair point about the fiction to nonfiction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. okay. I will Let us know. And I'll right. back. I think um, it's funny. I really like the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, like, wicked smart, you know? She's, like, always has a witty comeback. Is this know? the one you compared to Kevin Wilson's writing, where it's funny? Like, quirky? Mm, I wouldn't, I feel like I wouldn't t- compare it to him. I, I okay. wouldn't compare it to him. No. Okay. I, I don't know exactly who I would compare it to. Um, Which is fun. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Okay. I'm like pr- probably right around the halfway mark. So we'll see when it's Report over. back on all three because they sound amazing. Well, yes. I'm glad that you are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I am enjoying it. And I picked it up at, um, I also bought this one at Elliott Bay. Cool. So Exciting. All right. So we're going to talk about vacation reading. This is yes. what you read on vacation. Yes. Um, I, people... We are definitely in this season of beach reads, even though we're nowhere near a beach. People are going on vacation. <laughs> Don't go to beaches in hey, Iowa. Sailor's <laughs> brain eating amoebas in Sailorville Iowa. Lake is pretty close, you guys. I feel like Sailorville, I read an article that they're going to reimagine it for accessibility. I feel like I saw... No, no, no. They're doing that um, at a different... Like, location? A different lake. Yeah. And okay. it's going to be the largest, most uh, accessible lake in the United States. It's like this huge big grant thing. I'm really excited it's about awesome. that. Um that said it's still Iowa Lake Water. Yeah. Lovey, um, in case <laughs> any of you are wondering, is very itchy because she's been swimming at Clear Lake, which is not clear. Um, it's her favorite thing in the world to do is to go retrieve dummies um at Clear Lake. And the algae, the pollens, whatever's getting into the water right now has her itching up a storm. Poor girl. Um, but anyway, we've seen sales of beach reads tick up because it's summertime. Yep. Um, in particular, Emily Henry's beach read, which yeah. always sells at a steady clip. Or people we meet on vacation. Yeah, are really <laughs> are really picking up. So yeah. we know that people enjoy reading books like this on vacation, but let's talk about what we're like. Um, for me, what I love about a true vacation, um, in which I'm going to spend multiple hours reclining yes, with no duties. Yes. Um, Preach. Yeah. That's a true vacation. Yes, it is. I will pick up some of the more hefty things because it, I know I'm going to be able to give it the sustained investment um, that it requires. I, I don't necessarily need to read the mystery thrillers or the um, rom-coms on vacation because those are easy to pick up and put down to kind of race through. I might pick up something more, more dense. Um, I, I get excited about planning my, my vacation reading. I know you do. I know. So, uh, we, Austin, my husband, will always argue with me about packing books. I'll pack for the kids. <laughs> I did that, too, for this trip. I packed a whole bag of books. Yeah. Because I was like, Tyler's like, you're not going to be able to read all those. And I'm like, that's not the point. Doesn't I matter. want a choice. You want access to I them. And that's I how I feel. I I'm going to be in. Yeah. So you don't know what mood you're going to be in. And you don't know what mood you're going to be in after finishing one of the books. So I'm exactly. ambitious. My best vacations are book-a-day vacations. Same. Yeah. And that feels good. That's like Man, I had. should take a book-a-day vacation. Done. Me and you. Done. Rachel wants to come. Rachel. Rachel gets to come. Maybe. Can we go to your island? Yeah, we'll see. Um, Yeah, that has to happen. But a book a day vacation is, 
ideal and I don't know what mood I'm going to be after I finish one. And so I like to pack a variety, but I, 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 I don't pack one per day. I need to have more than that so that I can have choice. You need choice. It's like with clothes. You know, it's like, you know. I don't know what this I'm going to feel like. I don't know what I'm going to feel like when we go out to dinner. Do I want to wear yeah, this or do I want to Maybe I just want to wear leggings today. Or maybe I want to look nice. So I love Olga Turksuk. Yeah. Am I saying it right? I don't know. But we I, read. Yeah, I love her too. Drive Your Plow of the Bones of the Dead. So she has a new book out called The Books of Jacob. Huge book. It is huge. And I will always respect her writing. Um, but I took that one on one of my last vacations because, you know, again, I have sustained yeah. attention. Yep. Um, and I made it a huge amount in. I rarely give up a book, but I realized that if I was going to make it through this book, which is like a Bible, Books of Jacob, it's it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's the new Messiah. It's very like heavy. the new, you know, um, the Jewish community is always expecting, you know, um, a savior to come back. And, um, in this book, uh, she's written about a man named Jacob who was assumed to be the new savior. And he came onto the scene and, um, it's written from the perspective of the many people who encounter him sometimes in close intimacy and sometimes in, um, just passing. And so (laughs) it's very much like reading the Bible because that is what she's trying to mimic. Um, the writing, you know, what all the writers who wrote about Jesus, she's mimicking that style. Okay. And if you've ever tried to read the Bible, I it, have a few times in my younger days. Yeah. I was like, what is? Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a new edition of a new edition of the Bible. Um, there are many versions of the Bible. New but there, and improved. There is a new project. <laughs> There's a new project. I have a very great friend um, from college. Emily Lyon, now Carpenter, who sent me this edition of the Bible. And it's it's taking all the components of the Bible and putting them in logical sense. So if we're all talking about Adam and Eve right now, all accounts that reference the beginning are shoved oh, together. So they're cool. not individual books. It's if we're talking about Paul and his imprisonment or... Um, if we're talking about Jesus and, um, the leper, um, then we put it all, we put all accounts of that incident together. So there's okay. not individual authors. Anyway, that's cool. I attempted to read that on vacation cause I knew I had sustained attention span. I did not have ADHD medication yet and it was not going to happen. I made it almost 200 pages in. I said, if I stick with this and I hate quitting a book, if I stick with this, this is the only thing I'm going to read on this vacation. And so I took a break and I ended up tearing through, you know, six other books by the end of vacation. And I felt very good about my vacation. You know, some people are like, how many hikes did I do? A real vacation for me, and I love a hiking vacation, a real vacation for me is how many books did I finish? Um, (laughs) And, you know, I have the same goals for my kids. That's why I pack all the books for them. Um, And some read and some don't. But um, so I'm, I will give my vacation reading over more to kind of like bigger epic projects. Um, I might pull some of my older TBR with me things I've been meaning to read for a while because I know I have the time to kind of catch up um and yeah how about you yeah um 
same. I don't have a when I go on vacation, I I kind of read the same way I always read, just more, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I'm still a mood reader. I'm not, like, looking for a specific kind of read. Like, oh, when, I, when I'm on vacation, I read this kind of book. Right. Um, I look at it as an opportunity to sort of, like, hit that TBR a little yeah. bit. Um, in fact, <laughs> my husband was kind of irritated uh, with me before this trip because when he, when he told me he had COVID and we knew, like, he wasn't going to be able to join us for a while, I was like man, I'm not going to get to read as much as I want to. you're going to be driving. And he's like, thanks for your concern. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to live, sir. You're going to live. I was the like, current, you're fine. You're fine. Let me know if you're alive each day. I'll you get the it. house to yourself for a week. I don't feel bad for you. I know. It is when I had COVID. I mean, if he felt like shit, I felt bad for him. Mm-hmm. But he was okay. He was okay. He was fine. And, and I feel like it's okay to mourn your lost reading time that you've been counting. Totally okay to mourn lost reading time. Thank um, you. Thank you for your validation. So you need to pack a lot, and it's just more. Do you read beach reads? Because beach reads are a category. No, not really. For me, like we've talked about, for me, sort of that escapist, you know, read is, is like a mystery yeah, thriller type of read. Um. But no, so on this vacation, I read a number of things. I, I don't think any of them could qualify as a beach read. Um, I read an arc called We Are the Light by Matthew Quick, who wrote the Silver Linings playbook. Oh, yeah. Okay. It comes out in November. Um, and it's, it, I have very mixed feelings about it, so I'll be interested to see how it is received. Uh-huh. Um, but it deals with the aftermath of a mass shooting. Yeah. Um, but... I, I thought it was an interesting book, and there were definitely parts of it that I really loved. Um, I read Rough Draft by Katie Turr. She's a journalist. Oh, yeah. um, it's her memoir. And so she has this, like, wild upbringing because her parents were, like, these L.A. journalists in the 80s and 90s, and they had their own helicopter, and her dad would, like, pilot what? it. And her mom would, like, hang out the door and film things. They filmed the O.J. Simpson chase. Holy shit. And some other sort of iconic things, you know, like when Madonna married Sean Penn and flipped off the camera, that was him. Whoa, I forgot Madonna married Sean Penn. I know. Um, and so and so she grew up in all of this. And she was like, I'm never going to be a journalist, whatever. Uh, but, of course, she did become one. And she has an estranged relationship with her father because even though her parents had this very interesting life, there was a lot of abuse, a lot of manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of her life story, which is a little bit wild, but also her take on journalism and right. the state of journalism. I flew right through that one. It was really good. Okay, so I have to read that one. Yeah, I would read it. I read Elsewhere, which you have read and talked about mm-hmm. on this. Um, I really loved it. This is a quick book. It's yeah. a little book, and it's not predictable no it's not it keeps and you guessing it, it's not tidy um no and it's i not feel tidy. like it would be a great book to like teach or really analyze because yes. it, it's one of those very layered books i have so um, many questions i have so many questions too and then i read the world gives way yeah i loved it i loved it it's a sci- it's sci-fi it's I don't so good sci-fi, but oh it's so good it's like we've talked about it before on this but basically the world is recreated in the spaceship because, you know, we're killing our current planet. And so this spaceship is hurtling through space for 200 years to reach this other planet. We're on year 150. But guess what? There's a, the breach in the hull and it, it cannot be fixed. Everybody's going to die. Oh. 
And so the main character has been living this life of indentured servitude. Because she was born into it. She was born into it to gain passage on this ship. And um, her, the people, the family she's been working for, they knew before anyone else did, because they were higher ups in the government, Uh that the world was going to end, the spaceship. And they kill themselves and leave her with their infant daughter. Oh my god. And so she's like with this baby and she's but she's also on the lamb because security is like these rich people have died. She also cut off the guy's hand to get into a safe and get his money. Right. And so <clears throat> and she's on she's on the run. So they're trying to find her. So Within the spaceship. Yes. But it's huge. Because, it's the size of Switzerland. Well, it's because wow. that apparently there's something, there's some plan in place for all the fancy rich, higher up people. And it's that's what that's what she yeah. that's what she's been told. Yeah. But that she's there's a right, way she's, to save themselves. She's yeah. she's running from security and she's also trying to figure out how she can save this baby to Aww. whom she is really bonded. Mm-hmm. And it is a beautiful story. A and good it one does to not end, it does not end the way you necessarily yep. want it to end. Um, but it's I loved it. I loved it. This was one Danica and I talked about a lot because I was like, I thought I hated it, but I realized that I actually had loved it. Oh, I loved because it. Because yeah. it like it was not what I expected, and part of me was like, No, I wanted it in the predictable way, but that was what I like, and I thought that was what I didn't like. But then I realized, no, this is amazing. It was yeah. so good. Yeah. And it makes sense. Danica's our, our former sci-fi fantasy reader who moved to New Mexico. Yeah. Home of the aliens. The belief in it's outer really space. The right, it's really the right spot for her. Mm-hmm. You know, She's going to be a librarian. And so, Danica, if you actually listen to our podcast, let us know. And we, we love you. you. We miss you. And then the last book I read is a book that you love and that I also loved, which is Bomb Shelter. Oh, my God. It was so good. I'm actually reading it for a book club uh, that I'm in. And I, again, flew right through it. It's her, it's a, it's essays. It's essays are all kind of linked. She's processing her son's, di- teenage son's diagnosis with seizures. Uh, and it's just, as I was reading it, I was like, yes, this is, this, I feel this way. Yeah. About... And so much of it is about like vulnerability, vulnerability Sorry. and life's, you know, that you, one thing we know for sure is that we are all going to experience grief. We are all going to experience loss. And so we're all, she kind of feels like she's always living on this. Like life is good. Everything's good, but I'm waiting for the shoe, other shoe to drop. Yeah. And I feel that's a hundred percent how I live. I had this moment when my daughter, my oldest was born. We took her home from the hospital. We had to bring her back for two days because mm-hmm. she's very jaundiced, mm-hmm. whatever. And she was in this like little incubator yeah. thing, and I couldn't hold her except to feed her. Yeah. And when she actually, when we took her there and they put her in it, yep. I had to physically remove myself from the room, and I was like, I have to go so home upsetting. and get my stuff because. And I feel, I still feel bad. Like I abandoned her there for like two hours when mm-hmm. I went home and packed my bag, but it was like. I got out of that room and I like burst into tears. I yeah. could not handle it. But I remember being in that room with her and she was like sleeping in her little incubator with her little sun eye mask on. And my husband was sleeping in a chair and I thought, I have so much to lose. Yep. I have so much to lose. Yeah. And it was like this, just this terror. And um, I feel like that that's really what this book Laura, is about. Mary Laura Philpott. 
definitely so gets good. the vulnerability of your heart and but it's love. Funny too. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, funny. it's smart. It's not depressing. It's re- very relatable. Very relatable. Um, I mean, I would be curious what you know a twenty-four-year-old man without a wife or children <laughs> thought of it. Um, but I would say, as someone, if you are someone who loves, loves deeply, um, this is a book for you. You yeah. should read it. And I'm not normally an essays collection type of person. Mm-mm. So I knew you loved the book. Yeah. But the reason I picked it up is because my book club is reading it. Um, and I was kind of like, you know, maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Know? I loved it. And I finished it very quickly. So the cover has a turtle on it. And this is one of my. Turtles this is, play a part in the story. Yes. I love it. <laughs> you need to follow her on Instagram too. Follow her on Instagram because. The turtle on the cover is a real turtle who plays a, a role in her life. And she didn't know if the turtle was going to make an appearance to be shot for the cover photo, but he did. So Frank the turtle is real. He's on the cover. Read the book. No exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites this year. Agreed. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's look up what's coming out. Can I borrow your computer? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me see the listy poo. A listy poo. Mm-hmm. So, in no particular order, we are going to talk about some exciting new releases coming out this um, this next week or today. It's July nineteenth. Because it is July nineteenth for real. Yeah, it really is. For real, for real. Um, I want to show you something first. <laughs> I got this shirt for him. For Atticus, I want to see this. That I'm gonna um, give him before I walk the dog out. It's so good. <laughs> oh, <that's> so cute! <laughs> All right, go on. Okay, so one of the most exciting books to come out um, this week in new release hardcover is the Daughter of Doctor Moreau. And the reason it's exciting is because it's from a really good fantasy writer, Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, so tags on this one are fiction, historical, science fiction, genetic engineering, Hispanic, and Latino. So this is about Carlotta Moreau. She's growing up in a very luxurious setting. She's safe from conflict in the Yucatan Peninsula. She's the only daughter of a researcher who is either a genius or a madman. And then we have um, conflicting uh, characters uh, set against Carlotta. We have Montgomery Lawton, a melancholic overseer with a tragic past. He's an alcoholic um, and he is the assistant to her father, Dr. Moreau, and his experience. Um, Let's see. They are conducting experiments on hybrids. He is, let's see, part human, part animal monstrosities. All right. Um, And so it's, it's part historical fiction, putting it in the context of the Yucatan Peninsula and part sci-fi fantasy in which we have these experiments on animal humans. I really like her writing. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a fantastic writer. Although I will say one of the only movies I've ever walked out on in the theater was The Island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> I don't even 
remember why I walked out of it. I was just like, fuck this. <laughs> Were you bored or offended? Yeah, I don't know. Bored, I think. Okay. Um, We have had a lot of, like, horror mystery thriller interest. And we have one coming out in hardcover called Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey. This one's tagged as supernatural, fantasy, mystery, thriller. Um, it's compared to The Haunting of Hill House. Okay. Um, and I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Um, it is about a girl named Vera and her mother who tells her, you must come home. And they've been estranged from a very long time. And um, she's coming home to the home of a serial killer. She's back to face um, her history, her father, the bodies he buried in their home, oh <laughs> and um, this beautiful house he built for his family. So you have the cover is really okay, interesting. I kind of want, want to read yeah, it. Yeah, it's a really interesting cover. Red house dripping blood. So the mom is asking her to come back. She's the daughter of a serial killer. What happens? It looks like the cover from the movie Cabin in the Woods that mm -hmm. comes off as like a horror movie, but it's like comedy horror. Yeah, we have um, a bio memoir called Dirtbag Massachusetts coming oh, out by yeah, Isaac yeah, yeah. Fitzgerald. I love that one looks really interesting to me. I, I love it. I read about it. Yeah. So it's about it's his biography. He talks about how he's been an altar boy, a bartender, a fat kid, a smuggler, a biker and a prince of New England. Yeah. So it's about his family, his growing up and you know, what it is to be a man. Uh, what it is to be a member of a family. So a memoir and essays. This is a new term. Bomb shelter was referred to as that, a memoir and essays. So it's essays about things you think about in life. It's not necessarily a biography start to finish, but memoir and essays. Oh, I've always just called those personal essays. Mm -hmm. um, um, if you want to know about being a man, I bought... Um, <laughs> I bought I bought my uh, six year old son a watch yesterday. Yes, like a six dollar watch at Walmart because he's been really wanting a watch. And I said, okay, well, I have some shopping to do because we've been gone for like two weeks and we had no, like no groceries. And I'm like, if you're really good, I'll buy you a watch. Okay. So I bought him a watch, and this morning he goes, <laughs> he was like, um, "Am I a man because I have a watch?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, you are." Yeah, it's definitely that. That, that defines is the it. defining factor. Yeah, on whether you are. Right. I hate wearing a watch. I, I don't wear one either. Yeah, we are opposed. Good job, Rachel. No watch club. Cheers. I like to not know what time it is. I do not want the accountability of a watch. Jordan gets so mad at me because I'll like I'll lose your phone. My, no, I'll set my phone somewhere and then I'll be doing things. I'm like, what time is it? It's like. For a good half hour, every like five <laughs> minutes or so, I'll just yell, what time is it to yeah. have me answer me? <laughs> I know. I'm the same way because if you don't have your phone to look it up yeah. or my husband gave me an Apple smartwatch, which I then gave to my children because I did not, it's by principle. I don't want to know what time it is. I don't want to be that kind of person. My dad is a big watch guy, mm -hmm. but when I was in Switzerland um, 10 years ago, <laughs> sad. Um, I went to a swatch store mm -hmm. and I bought a swatch and it was one of the biggest like um, panics that I had ever done because I went in the store, went out the store, went in the store, went out the store. Oh my, my friend Paige is like, just buy the watch. You have walked in the store so many times you want it. And so that was like my watch per like purchase. Um, I still have it, but it's a little beat up. 
Oh, cute. <laughs> um, in young adults, we have the third in the Extraordinary series by T.J. Klune. T.J. Klune is an author people love. He wrote, um, I think the first in the series was it called Flash Fire. Anyway, Heat Wave is the third in the series. And he wrote House in the, the Cerulean Sea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a great writer. Um, this is a YA um, series. So if you love this series, if you love TJ Clune, he's got a new edition. Um, we have, um, I'm excited for this one because I'm going to get it for my mom. Um, a psychological thriller called The Retreat by Sarah Pierce. This is a Reese's book club pick. And it is a female detective, Elin Warner, uncovering the truth of suspicious deaths on an island getaway. So this is going to be a great one for the mystery thriller lovers. Um, Rachel wants to tell you about The Bodyguard. Catherine Center is one of our favorite rom-com authors, and she has a new one out called The Bodyguard. So tell us about it. Okay, it is so freaking funny and cute and good. She is the bodyguard, and mm-hmm. he is a famous actor who's kind of disappeared out of the limelight for many years, and um, he's got a lot of stalkers. He disappeared because of a tragic accident, uh, being in the car with his brother who passed away, and so they are bringing him back on the scene for certain movie things, and then also his mom is going through cancer treatment, so they need a bodyguard to kind of keep watch, but to they don't want his family to know so she just pretends to be his girlfriend and of course you know romance actually flies and there's the whole like her ex-boyfriend is also one of um the bodyguards that are hired or whatever and he's a dick and but, like <laughs> real romance starts to flow and it's just so incredibly good i kind of wasn't expecting it to like it honestly i was like uh, you know okay but it, it was so satisfying. Heart, yeah, I, I absolutely adored it. And the ending was exactly what I needed it to be. And that's what I love in a good, like, rom-com. And, and there's I a liked... bit of nostalgia. Yeah. The Bodyguard. Yeah. You know, it's one of the great yeah. Whitney Houston and... I don't know. Rachel's too young. Yeah. Ellen, help me out. Whitney Houston, The Bodyguard. Kevin Bates? Or, uh, no, Kevin Costner. Uh, Kevin Costner. Yeah. And Is it he Listeners, you can turn it down right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was uh, Deanne Malone. Stop it! It's iconic. I would only be your way. So I go. All right, go on. The Bodyguard. Anyways, I don't even know what I was going to say. You recommend it. Pick it up. Read it. You're going to love it. It's a great role reversal (laughs) because she's like five foot two and she's this badass chick. And I. Beautiful. I had to join. Very good. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Another fun one in kids is the 15th in the Bad Guy series. So Bad Guys came out as a movie. Kids are really re- latching onto it. It's very intelligently written. Um, it's a kind of like early reader, graphic novel, hybrid. Um, the new one is called The Bad Guys in the Open Wide and Say, Arr! and this is, Wait, it appears to be a, about the shark. Open Wide say- and Say, <laughs> so <laughs> apparently there's a chainsaw monster confronting a velociraptor 
who has eaten an elderly piranha. So all all the bad guys are involved. Um, anyway, that's going to be an exciting one for kids. And I think we'll, we'll call it a game. Those are those are the hot ones coming nice. out this week. Love it. Oh, wait. There's another one I'm really excited about. You guys, this has to be your Halloween book this year. It's called A Spoonful of Frogs. And <laughs> it's about a witch. And it's illustrated by Vera Broskel. And I just love her. Um, she wrote a graphic novel called Be Prepared. Um, she just has a really... She, she is a storyteller in her own right. Her illustrations really bring to life things. And so um, this one is about a witch who loves frog soup, but she's having a really hard time catching the frog for her frog soup. And it's it's funny, and the illustrations are gorgeous. It's the perfect witchy book for, for the fall. Yeah, see, a spoonful of frogs. Yeah. Holden told me in the car the other day, he said, Mom, you smell like a frog. Yeah, like, how would he know? And he goes, because you smell poopy, and frogs are poopy. Thanks, I like, son. <laughs> I was like, no, we're just in Nebraska. <laughs> Oh, that's very accurate. The smells of the road trip. Dude, you know, you know when you're in the Midwest. All right. Welcome back, Ellen. We're glad. Good to be back. Good to be back. Good to have you here to take the helm. (laughs) Enjoy your weeding reek. Weeding reek? (laughs) We finished the bottle, guys. It was Enjoy your weeding reek. Bye. We will always love you. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in dog-eared books every single week. Yeah, and if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at at dog-eared books Ames or at dog-eared books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>